down and you touch our soul. You reach down and you touch our every being, the inner man, that inner person that connects with you. We come in worship. We come in praise so that we might give you honor. And then in return, Heavenly Father, you protect, you provide. And Father, we thank you. Because when we lift our hands, it's because, Father, you've touched them and you've cleansed them. We lift our heart because you're in residence there. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. It's so good to have you. Why don't you be seated? It is so good to have you here. And we, we really mean that because on this Labor Day uh, weekend where people are traveling and back and forth and all that kind of stuff, you have decided to hang out with us. Man, we appreciate that. We really do. Now, we got some good news to share with you here, uh, especially for those of you who are visiting. We'd like to welcome you and extend a warm hand of fellowship to you. But uh, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a process of some uh, some things that we've been doing. And and, we'll, and what I want to do, and, and, and actually before I get started I, I just have to say this here man how about them rams how about them rams yesterday they do all right they do all right yeah we got some 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 guys in here and even got some representatives from the csu basketball team here today love it love it love it love it uh but hey so here's here's what we got going now some of you may not have known but uh several several months ago uh we had some 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 folk who wanted to help us uh you know we're here in the hilton for a short period of time uh, we're going to be transitioning to another place in about another year or so, and they're going to let us stay here for that time. But but I'm going to have Kerry come up and share with you. He shared with you last week about where we are. And there's a group of people that I'm working with called the uh, uh, Campaign Team. Uh, but we, we, we have some people a few months back who just came up and said, hey, man, we want to help you out. So uh, they're going to be, uh, well, let me just say it this way. I just kind of, you know, don't want to steal too much thunder. But, uh, you know, they're going to be uh, helping us get $1.2 million to actually buy land or a place. Uh, they're going to be doing that. And and uh, it's going to take us about nine months to get all that done, maybe 10 months, a little bit more than that. And uh, I've had the wonderful luxury of you know, working with a team. Now, you know, Kerry may mention it, but, man, I'm telling you, they're rock stars, man. They've been getting this thing done. We've been working together for three, four months, and everything you could possibly think of, they have done. Uh, and so I'm going to have Terry Carey come up and share with you where we are. They're going to give you some information, and then we're going to move forward. Why don't you all welcome Carey up on this, man? Just give him a good hand here. Yeah. All right. Excited about that, man. Real, real, real excited. Go ahead. Yeah, buddy. So good morning, Morning. Mostly what I wanted to do today is just introduce the uh, uh, the other members of the team. Uh, but there were a couple things I didn't want to touch on. Um, again, you know, together we can do this, right? Yeah. I have no doubt about that. But what I want to emphasize, and, and what I'll probably continue to emphasize every time I talk to you, is that we need everybody's participation. And so I just encourage you to just trust the process, just get involved, get engaged, and, and it'll be what it'll be. So. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention um, is that when we're, you know, someone asked me between the uh, between services, hey, when does this start? It, it's now, okay? We started now. So um, I made that clear. Um, and when you're donating to the building fund, it's important that you make it clear so that those funds are directed to the building fund rather than the general fund. The 
general funds, you know, ties go to that and so forth, and we need to continue to do that. Those are two separate things. But it's important that you make clear that the funds that are intended for the building fund are intended for the building fund so that we can keep track of that, A, and B, provide you with the information and the documentation you need at the end of the year for tax purposes and so forth. So, um, basically, that's all I wanted to touch on. I did want to introduce our, our team here. We have uh, Claudia. Susan, come up here. Um, and unfortunately, Karen couldn't be here. Karen Monahan's also been uh, really involved since the beginning. And, you know, what Rick touched on about when you get to hang out with people, you get to understand the psychology of character. And, and Johnny, you know, he does refer to them as rock stars. And I'll just tell you that, you know, they've exhibited a dedication and, and, you know, some selflessness as far as giving up their time and so forth. It's certainly a, a Worthy of your appreciation. So, with that said, I'll hand it on to Claudia. Hi, good morning. I am the in house fundraiser coordinator. Um, so, I am going to keep everyone updated on events that take place. So, if you have any questions on when the next event is, our next event will be next Sunday, um, the third. Sunday the 13th at 4 p.m. Um, like Rick said, at Spring Canyon Park. It's a community picnic. And we will be doing like a little raffle prizes and stuff to help kind of kick off the fundraising campaign. Um, also, on an individual level, if you guys have any ideas, such as mowing lawns or a lemonade stand, um, please let me know. There's also a place on the website where you can let us know as well. Um, and then I am going to pass around a clipboard. If you guys would like to help out as far as the church level fundraisers, that'd be greatly appreciated. But I'm very excited to be in this thing. I look forward to working with everyone. I think this court shrunk from second service. Oh, there we go. Hi, my name is Susan Evans, and I am heading up the communications for the building campaign. Um, you saw the brochure. I see that some of you are looking at that. That pretty much outlines the campaign. I'd encourage you to take a look at that. We also have a website presence, and one of the things that uh, we weren't able to get is a clean address um, for the building campaign. Right now, if you search on it, it gives you something like ESS fc.com hashtag 69876 so the best way to get to the website is to go to esusfc.com and then go to about and scroll all the way down to building campaign and this takes you to the uh, campaign portion of the website now I wanted to go through a couple of things um, the donate to the campaign buttons are big and blue there's also a way on the website that you can donate um, or you can submit your tithe online. That's at the very bottom of the website. So we, I'll be working with the website team to alleviate the confusion, but as long as you stick with big blue buttons, you're good. Um, as you scroll down, there will be more information about the campaign, um, which we don't really need to go to now. Uh, but there's a sign me up. And when you click on the Sign Me Up button, that is allowing a few things to happen. 
One is, the, the first entry is committing to the 3-3 principle. And what the 3-3 principle is about is, as Carrie said, we're in this together. We can't do this alone. We can only do this if we work together. We'd like everybody here to commit to, to, sorry, to commit to a minimum of three events as a participant and three events as on the back end helping support and make things happen. We'd also like you to commit to pray. Um, there's an email section uh, that as blogs, posts, um, prayer requests come up, we will email that out to the people that are on this list. And uh, the text me, you have to opt into the text me. We didn't want to opt you in automatically because of message rates and why and all that. Um, but as things happen, uh, especially prayer requests, whatnot, we would like to use that vehicle to get that information to you. Um, if we go back, there's a couple more things I want to show you. Um, the calendar is there. That's the ESS calendar. You'll be able to see everything at a glance. And then there's a section called Speak to the Team. And there will be a little form. When you click on that, it brings up a form. And we need you to ask us the questions that you have. We need to hear um, what is going on. So whether it's a phrase or whether it's a question, whatever, that you want to communicate to the team, please send it through here or come and find one of us at the end of service. Uh, but we definitely want to keep that communication going. Uh, one of the things I want to add to the website is a frequently asked questions page, but it's kind of hard to do that at this point in the campaign because you guys haven't had a chance to ask, so please do. Uh, if you go back, there's one more element, or two, I'm sorry, two more. Ideas, that's what Claudio is just referring to with regards to the fundraiser. And at the bottom of the page is campaign stories. And this is going to be a weekly updated post. We're planning on updating those every Tuesday. And they're just thoughts of what people are thinking um, as they participate in this campaign. So if you'd like to hear what's going on in the hearts of people in the body, that's a great place to go. If you have something that you want to share, please come tell me. And if you'd like to post something here, I would love to hear and have other people uh, communicate what's happening in their lives as well. So I believe I covered everything that I got the thumbs up from Carrie. I love that. Thanks, everyone. up on where we are in scripture today. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 8, and we're going to look at verse 16 to 24. Why is that so important? Because what we did about two months ago is get you ready to understand how to be a good steward of God's resources. Now, when people think about resources, a lot of time they think about money, and we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is time. We're talking about talent. And we're talking about treasures. On the other hand, we're talking about power. We're talking about passion. And we're talking about possessions. And when you understand that God is the one who's given you all of these things. So Paul finds himself speaking to a church called the Corinthians at Corinth about another group of people in Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and all that, and talking about these people who were called the Macedonians who had what you would call severe 
affliction. And yet out of that severe affliction, they had what you would call an abundance of joy. But also these people who also were in poverty also had a wealth of liberality. So what we did was we taught you about two things that when it comes to giving out of God resources, power, talent, time, passion, possession, treasures, it basically starts with two things. It starts with attitude and it starts with grace. And so what Paul was telling them is the reason why these people who were not only afflicted, but yet poor gave more than those who had all of these resources is because they understood this. Number one, that giving of anything is a, is a, is a grace issue. God has to give you the ability so when you begin to learn this, ladies and gentlemen, that your talent is not yours, when you start learning this, that your possessions are not yours, when you start learning this, that all the gifts that you've got are on loan from God. Now, I'm going to make a statement as we begin to read here, if you will, if you have your Bible, which I want you to turn to, Second Corinthians 8, we're going to look at verse 16 through 24, it'll flash up on the screen for you, but... I want you to listen to this as I read. It says, but thanks be to God who puts the same eagerness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. Titus is one of Paul's uh, people that he sends. And he says, for he not only uh, accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. And we have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel have spread throughout all the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness, taking precaution that no one should discredit us in our administration of this gracious gift. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of man. And we have sent with him our brother whom we have often tested and found diligent and many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. And as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow workers among you. And as for our brethren, they are messengers of the churches of glory to Christ. And therefore, now this is what we're going to be ending with here later on. And therefore, the only, therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and of our reason for boasting about you. Now, I shared this in the first service. There's a young man who is on the Supreme Court, and I kind of gave him the wrong title at the first service. He is not Chief Justice Thomas, uh, there's another man, Robert is, but this guy is, is, is Justice uh, Clarence Thomas. Now, several years ago, he was on C-SPAN or some kind of uh, a political uh, station, and he was talking to a bunch of young kids. Now, as he was talking to these young kids, these kids asked him a question. What does it feel like? What does it mean to be uh, a justice on the Supreme Court? Uh, are there some fears or are there some things that uh, you are concerned about? And, 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 and so in, instead of answering the question directly, Directly, here's what he said. He says, if I have one fear, it is this. And it wasn't a phobia. 
it was more reverent. He said this. He says that the authority that I have is on loan from the American public. I want you to get this. The authority that I have is on loan from the American public. And he basically understood what his position was. Now, I'll say this to you. What would happen if every leader, every coach, every person, everybody in any type of leadership had that attitude? I wonder what kind of country we'd be living in if we understood that what we have is on loan. See, you don't own anything. God owns it all. See, the power that you have has been given by somebody else. And what we are, we're delegates. Any kind of influence you have has been given by somebody else. What would happen if parents understood that their parenthood is on loan from God? What would happen if kids understood that they were a gift from a God? What would happen if an employer understood that they are where they are because God has put them there? And I will say this to you when you get that kind of attitude which comes to you from grace and begin to know that any kind of power that you have is not yours it's been given by somebody else i wonder how different your life would be now here's what we're going to do church now i started something with you last week and we're going to do it again today i'm going to ask you a question i'm going to say did you get that and you're going to say got it and i'm going to say good now let's try that did you get that Good. All right. Y'all louder than the first service, man. That was good. So, 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 so what I want to do is I want to start showing you something. And look here, I want you to get that this morning. I really do. That, 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 that we here are no more than delegates. We are stewards with our time. We are stewards with our talents. We are stewards with our treasures. You are stewards with your power. You are stewards with your passion. And you are stewards with your possessions. And, and most of the time when you begin to talk about things of this nature, some people get hung up on uh, this money issue. But let me tell you some folk, it ain't got nothing to do with money. See, it's got everything for you to do. It's got everything to do with grace. That God gives you an ability to do something because all you have to do is look at the Macedonians man now I don't know about you guys but let me tell you something about these people these people were in a what you call theory of affliction it was horrific and yet they had an abundance of joy see they, they, they couldn't make that up these people also were in deep poverty they were below the poverty line and yet they flowed in a wealth of liberality that's grace you can't do that on your own and then when you understand the attitude that goes with that that god downloaded an attitude in them and that's where it starts so when you understand grace and attitude now you know how to use the power that's on loan now you know how to use the passion that's on loan now you know how to use the possessions that are on loan and so Paul now gets ready to tell them about something that God has put in their possession. Now, when you realize that you are a delegate, you are a mere representative, then you'll understand what you're getting ready to see in this. Now, 
I'm going to go through some cross-reference, but what what I want you to do is understand three words before we get started, because I'm going to go over to uh, 1 Corinthians, but I want to just give you three words. One is this, that that, that there's a word called policy. Now, Now, let me tell you something. Even though we're sick of policies in America, the whole purpose of policies was principles that were put in place by which people can be governed by something. Because if you have no policy, you have no structure. Did you get that? good you got to have something laid out you, you got to okay then the the, the other word i want to give you is administration now why is administration so important because administration basically means this that you're you're a manager of what god has put in your care that's all it is are you managing your time right now watch this are you managing your attitude right or are you are you managing your thinking right see see you you, you you're an administrator are you are you are you are you managing your service right? I mean, you got to think about that. And, and, and then he wants you to be a great administrator. Now, watch the third word. Now, I love this word because I'm dealing with this word today. You know what it's called? It's called integrity. See, I I, I just wonder if we have integrity even in our own behavior. Can I own up to the fact that I can walk up to a young man or a young woman and look him in the eye and say I was wrong, what I did? Can, can I own up to my own mistakes? Can I kneel before God and own up to my own thinking, which may not even be pure at that time, and say I'm wrong? It's integrity. Now, why is this so important? Because Paul has got a delegation of people that he is using to take this money that is given from the poor people, Macedonians, and even the rich people, the Corinth. And that money has got to get to Jerusalem. And the kind of men that are handling this money are men who understand rules, policy, administration, and what? Integrity. And let's just say we ain't even handling money. How about our own thought life, man? How about our own behavior? How about our own attitude? Are we, do we have enough integrity? Johnny, do you have enough integrity to say I shouldn't have been thinking about that? I should not have my mind on that? Do I have enough integrity to say to my wife when I have wronged her? Am I an administrator as a, a husband? for my own household, a young single man with my own talent, a young woman, a mom. See, God cares about us being stewards. Let me show you what I mean. Church, you get that? Good. Now, we're going to jump over to 1 Corinthians 4 because there's something about this particular word that is so important to us. We're going to move over here to 1 Corinthians 4. I just want to make sure you're getting this because he's asking you way beyond issues of possessions. He's talking about a lot of things. You look at chapter 4, 1 Corinthians. It says, let a man regard us in this manner. If you're going to look at me, regard me in this manner. He says this, as servants of Christ. All right, and stewards, watch this, of the mysteries of God. Do you know what the mystery of God is? If somebody slaps you on the cheek, give him the other one. You know what the mystery of God is? If somebody takes your coat, give him your shirt too. 
You know, the mystery of God is lending with nothing in return. See, these are mysteries. These are things people can't understand. So God is saying, I want you to show the world my mysteries, and I want you to be a good steward of them. And then he says, in this case, moreover, it is required of a steward. Watch this, steward to be what? Trustworthy. Can you be trusted? Let me tell you something, man. The worst thing you can lose from any human being is trust. Respect is given. See, I don't have to like a man to respect him. Why? Because God wants us to respect everybody because they're what? Created in his image. But respect is something, okay, that we give. Trust is something we earn. You get that? Good. And so what Paul is saying to you and I is, can you be trusted in your thinking? Can you be a good steward of that? So as a church, we have some people who saw our journey, saw what we went through. I told them my story. And what has happened to us over the last seven or eight years? We're 25 years old. The ups and downs, the sizes, the small, the bigness, standing room only, no room at all, no place to go. And that's all I did was just tell my story because I wanted to be a good steward of the truth. No, we don't have as many as we used to. No, we're not doing this like we used to. Oh, that's going to, you know, and I told the story. And here's what that person or group of people said. Look here, God has moved on us to do this for you. But you got to do your part. See, because I was a good steward of the testimony. I was a good steward of being embarrassed I was a good steward of being ashamed of some of the things that had gone on. I didn't hide it. So when we talk about stewardship, ladies and gentlemen, it ain't about just money. It's about attitude. It's about grace. And I'm so glad that you're here today because verse 24 in 2 Corinthians 8, you know, from 16 to 24 is what we're going to get at, Okay. And there's one other verse I want to share with you before we get back. Church, are we okay? Good. Got it? Good. I just want y'all to know that. Now, look here. Now, when you jump over to 1 Corinthians 12, because you were in 1 Corinthians 4, look at verse 28. Now, you need to understand that the Corinthian church is growing. It's huge. God placed a brand new community together. You learned about that last week in Acts 2, 41 through 47. Brand new community, character, uh, competence, uh, you know, community, culture, uh, all of that. Conversion was going on. 3,000 people got saved just like that. But guess what he did? Because he wanted that community to have what? Integrity, administration to it. He put something in place. Look here in verse 28, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and helps. Watch this. And administrators. See, some of us, look here, I'll tell you what. In my church, in here, the church I serve, ES is right here. All the leaders know this. Do not give Johnny, do not give Pastor Johnny an administrative assignment because he will kill it. But I have no administration at all in my whole. Now, I can do other things, but you give it to him, I'll, I'll kill it. 
because I'm not an administrator. But I am an administrator of certain things. I'm an administrator of my time, my thoughts, my behavior, my service. Yeah. See, I can't get off the hook. And God put administrators in the church so things will be handled properly. Yeah. So then, when you look at 1 Corinthians 4, and you look at verse 1 and 2, trustworthy stewards. When you look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, he put those administrators there so that that church would grow up the right way. Then if you go back, turn back with me as we begin ready to close this. We give it a look at these 16 through 24. Paul was saying, delegations or delegates are really important. When you realize that you're a delegate from God. Now I'm going to make a, a statement right now to show you here's what we're getting ready to head. And so we're going to finish this in the next 15 minutes. We're, 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 going, to, we're going to start communion here in a little bit. But here's the statement. I want you to hear it. I'm going to be slow when I say it. All believers need to handle God's resources with horizontal and vertical conviction. I'll say it again. All believers need to handle God's resources with vertical and horizontal convictions. You're not just standing before other people with your time, talent, and treasure. But you're standing before God with your power, passion, and possessions. You get that, church? Good. Now, let's just go back through these scriptures real quick. And then we'll get ready to close for communion. All right? Let's check this out because I want you to hear. And can you think of some coach telling you this? Can you think of some parent telling you this? Can you think of some friend or employee telling you this as we go through this? Because in verse 16, back at first, second Corinthians eight, here's what it says. Think about this. Put yourself in this place. He says, but thanks be to God who put the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Betty, Johnny, Deborah, John, put the same earnestness. Now, that word earnestness means this. It means intense conviction. So Paul is saying the same earnestness that God put in me for the Corinthian people and the Macedonian people to make sure that the church, watch this, in Jerusalem who was struggling would get this money, who was struggling would get this attention. Do you have enough earnest conviction in your life that God has put something in you for somebody else and you're convicted enough by it that you're not going to let it go until you get it done? And see, this is what Paul is saying. Think about yourself. Are there some things you have in your heart right now that God is convicting you of and saying you got to go do this? You got to go to this person. You got to go help them. You got to go say this to this young man. 
He may not be asking you to give any kind of money or possessions to him, but he is asking you to give him a word of encouragement. Do you have enough conviction in you that is intense enough to say, I've got to go say this to this woman. I've got to go say this to this man. And so what Paul is saying here, it was a work of God. It wasn't that somehow Titus was doing this uh, beautiful thing. It's just that God was working on this man's life so much that he couldn't keep it to himself. And my prayer for you today is that conviction stirs your heart, that you just won't set on something that's for somebody else and you're wondering about it. Church, did you get that? Good. Look here at verse 617. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you on his own accord. Now, isn't it nice for you to go do something without somebody having to tell you to do it? I, I remember my kids growing up that, that I was so excited that I could come home one day and the grass was cut and I didn't have to say anything to anybody. I was just hoping somebody didn't come by and do it. And there, there are things that my wife loves when I do it, and she doesn't have to ask. Y'all know what that is. Take out the trash. And, and, and what would happen if you just go do it because it's in your heart to do? That's what makes the gift so important. It's in your heart to do it. That's what a steward does. That's what an administration does. And then in verse 18, and we have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread throughout the whole church. Now let me tell you something. This brother, they don't even give us his name. We know Titus is a delegate. We also know this brother is a delegate because in those days they just call you brothers. You know, and I know in the black community, as we grew up, you know, you see somebody go, how you doing, brothers? How's the brother doing? I'm just trying to hang out with the brothers. You know what I'm saying? And, and we learn that in church. Uh, hey, hey, brother. Hey, 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 sister, so-and-so. Uh, brother, 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 whatever. And it just became a culture for us. Where in the Christian faith, Paul here by the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't even name the man. But here's what he names. He names what? The guy's portfolio. He names the guy's what? Pedigree. He's a man that's not ashamed of the gospel. And he's not afraid to share Jesus Christ with folk. And his fame was all over the place. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't need to have a name if I do that kind of stuff. Because that's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. And Paul says, here's another delegate we're going to send with you. And man, this, and this guy's, wherever he had gone, people knew him. Watch this in verse 19. And not only this, but he has also been what? Appointed. That, that, that means he was a delegate. They laid hands on this guy by the churches to travel with us in this gracious word. Oh man. Man, there's so much there I can't even, there's too much to even give you at this point. But the fact that the church has respected this man. See, God wants our respect for each other to be not only in the church, but on the outside of the church. Real important for us to know that. And then he says, which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness. And let me say this to you. You know, when these people work with us to help us reach this milestone in the church after 25 years, here's the key, man. 
Are you ready? I can remember as a little kid when I started making money cutting grass, man. And all of a sudden, I had all these dreams about what I was going to do when I get this 50 cents or this $5. I'll tell you something. In my day, $5, man, meant that you owned something. That's a whole lot of money because you can buy moon cookies, you know. I mean, you buy pickles and tater chips. We didn't call them potato chips. They said tater chips. You can buy whatever you want, 5 and 10 cents store. But sometimes as soon as I got that money, let me tell you what happened to me. The dreams that I had of it changed. Because we can think about what we can do with money before we get it. But then when we get it, something happens. Here's what Paul was saying. Are you ready to handle it when you get it? Are you? I have to deal with that. Are you ready to handle it? Just because somebody threw a few million dollars at you, all of a sudden, is your life going to change? What about these athletes that we see whose income goes from zero to half billion dollars? And five years later, they're broke. You know why? Because they changed their cost of living from zero to half billion dollars. Instead of just raising it a little bit at a time. And see, these are principles here that Paul is teaching you and I about life. Are you ready? Paul says, look here, man, I want to be a good administrator. I want to add these delegates, Corinthians, that there are three guys that's going to come. One's already with you, two more coming. They're going to take this pile of money, and there are some people over here in Jerusalem that are suffering. You know what Paul is basically saying? If you are going to benefit from the spirituality of these Jerusalem churches, then they ought to benefit from your material gain. See, that's how it works. That's what reciprocity is, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about that last Sunday. But he says, man, show yourself ready. Am I ready to handle $200 million? Am I ready to handle millions that people are going to pour into this work of ours as we begin to plant churches all up and down I-25? People are hearing about it already, man. They're hearing about us in Colorado Springs. They're hearing about we're coming in Trinidad, all that stuff. What am I going to do when all that comes? See? So let me say this to you. If you are faithful in somebody else's work, God will give you a work of your own. If you don't rebel up under a leader, when you become a leader, then they won't rebel under you. Are you with me? If you're faithful and little, he's going to do what? He's going to give you much. So Paul is saying this to the Corinthians, but I'm saying it to you today. Show yourself ready. So when the blessings do come, you know exactly what to do with it. Got a couple of more points here, church. You get that? Good. It's so good to have you here. Uh, let's, 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 let's finish this up because we got to get to communion. Got to get to communion and get you out of here on this Labor Day weekend. And then it says this in verse 20, just, just a few more. Taking what? Precaution that no one should what? Discredit us in our administration of this gracious gift. Now, 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 wouldn't that be, uh, uh, depressing, uh, disheartening, uh, for, for somebody to send you to the store when I was little? They send you to the store with 50 cents, and you come back, and you don't even bring back the stuff they ask you to get. Because, see, I'd have brain damage from my house to the store. And the store was just down the street. Something, I mean, I had brain damage, man. I said, look here, buddy. 
you, you only brought this back, and guess what? What happened to the other money? <laughs> well, I decided to do some different things with it. So, so, and I also got a butt whooping that came with that. I just want y'all to know that. He says, but, but, but taking precaution that no one should discredit us, Paul is saying, hold on, man. I want the Corinthians to know, and I want the Macedonians to know. I also want Jerusalem to know that we're not going to pocket any of this stuff. You know what? Real character integrity is what you do when nobody else is watching. That's real character and integrity. But you know what else? What you're thinking is just as important. Because nobody in this room can tell anybody else what's in their head. Only God knows. Let's not discredit ourselves with our thought life. And then he moves on here, getting ready to close this. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Now, I grew up thinking this. And and let me tell you something, gentlemen, ladies. I, I had to reframe this. I grew up believing that I don't have to impress anyone. Let me tell you something. That's not true. That is not true. God is not asking you to impress people, but he is asking you to leave an impression on him, on them, that you represent him. I'm going to say it one more time. He's not asking you to impress anybody, but he's asking you to leave an impression upon them that you're a child of God. And so when I shared with you earlier that all believers should take the resources that God has given them, and they should handle them with not only horizontal, but vertical conviction. That's what he's saying here. I got God watching, but I also got people watching. I got my wife, my daughter, my son-in-law, my son is watching. I got football players, basketball players, governors and mayors, city councils watching. Everybody's watching. And all God is saying is honor me in everything you do. Church, did you get that? Good. Just a couple more, and then we're going to get ready for communion. You have been so kind today. He says, for we have regard for that. But then he moves in verse 22 and says, we have sent with him a brother whom have often uh, who, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but not even more diligent, but now even more diligent because of your great confidence, his great confidence in you. See, see, sometimes we have to be battle tested before we can take leadership. See, I, I tell young men, don't, don't sit up here trying to, uh, you know, get some, uh, list uh, of, of some woman you, 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 you want as a wife, you need to make a list of what it takes for you to be a good husband. <laughs> Same thing with the women. Don't be looking for this guy. You, you start learning how to be a good wife. And, and so what, 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 what Paul is saying here is that a lot of times for us to get to certain points in life, we have to be tested, man. And they tested this guy on purpose just to see if he was going to be good stock. And there's so many people in life who have influence today that have never been tested in the things that they lead. 
I figured after 13 years of serving a man here in the city, working for him, that I said this to myself. I said, I want to serve that man like I want to be served so that when people serve me, I get the same kind of service. I did not want to rebel. If he said, do something, I did it, as long as it wasn't causing me to sin. Because I knew someday there would be people up under me. And so Paul is saying, man, we tested this guy. And you, you, you want to believe and understand that you've got leadership here. Who they ain't running around here patting their pockets because of the money that you give. And the money that you give, we have to be above board before God on it. Because we had a time where we had nine, ten pastors and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. And God says you can handle prosperity. And now let me see if you can handle little. Because we don't have that much now. Are we the same people when we had all of that than we are now? So all of a sudden you get billions and all of a sudden you get an attitude. So what God is saying is that I'm going to test you. I'm going to make sure your metal is real. I'm going to make sure that. And so here's how we close this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how we close this. These last two verses are real, real important. They're very, very important. Then he says this. As for Titus, he said, Titus came from me. I sent him. He's one of my disciples. He is my partner and my fellow worker among you. And as for these other brethren, man, they are messengers from the church. These guys got credentials and they got credibility to the glory of God. And then here's the statement that we bring home today. Therefore, openly before the church. Show them the proof of your love and of our reasons for boasting with you. Here's the key. Therefore, ESS Christ Fellowship, openly before the city of Fort Collins, can we be good stewards of what's being placed in our care? Because we're about to buy some land and we're about to erect a building on it. Can we be good witnesses with that? And can we show our love? Now, watch this. I don't want to say this in a negative way, nor am I asking for your cash. But what Paul is saying, put your money where your mouth is because it demonstrates your love. See, somebody asked me for something. Hey, man, you know, no problem. Just God's going to give it. No, take the money out, give it to him. Somebody needs something. The demonstration of your love is when you give it to them. So you can say you love people. And I'm not asking you for money that they don't hear that. I'm not saying that. But sometimes, man, the demonstration of love is when you do something with that love. Did you get that? I want you to understand that. I can tell Vic I love her all day, but never what? Demonstrate my love to her. Never wants to do that. So I got to demonstrate it. So if Paul was just talking about money, then it would be different because he's not. He said, man, demonstrate your love for these people by allowing the grace of God to move you. Demonstrate your love for these people by having the right attitude and participating in this. Demonstrate your love by showing people that God has got a hold of your heart and you're ready to participate with power, passion, 
and possession. And that you're ready to participate with time, talent, and treasure. That's what Paul means by being a good steward. Demonstrate it. Show it. I'm not asking you to demonstrate it. You already have. That's why you're here. I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And this last part is that I've boasted about you to these people. I've boasted. Here's the question that they asked. You had to move out of your building, man. How do people? You know what I told them? They didn't even flinch. We're at the hotel. They still come. They come every Sunday. They still give. Haven't bothered them. They're impressed. These people don't even know Jesus at all. But they are impressed by you. So what you've got to do is just continue to do your part. Let's just be a good steward, ladies and gentlemen. Let's ask God. Let's be honest. And if there's somebody out there that you got a bad attitude about because somehow they have wronged you, would you be a good steward of your reactions to them? If there's somebody out there that you have wronged and you haven't gone and said, I'm sorry, I've done you wrong, can you just be a good steward of that? I appreciate you coming. We're getting ready to take up our offering. Then we're going to take communion and we'll let you out of here. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you have touched the lives that have walked through this door today. And you have touched them with your spirit. It is in your spirit that you have given them the grace to continue to do what they're doing by your power. And in that grace, Heavenly Father, you've given them an attitude that nothing belongs to them. It's yours. Now, Father, will you show us how to handle what we have so that we can have an intense conviction about helping somebody else. And if you've put on our hearts something that we should do and we haven't done it, will you lovingly, by your spirit, urge us in your power to go do it? We just want to be a good steward, Lord. And Father, we submit to you this very day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. While we are taking up our offering, we're going to put